Hey, thanks for downloading the podcast. If you want to listen live, all you have to do is download the iHeartRadio app and search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Also, if you want to catch this show on video, be sure to check out Zumo TV, channel 719. That's where you can find SportsGrid's Fantasy Sports Network. Enjoy the show, and thanks so much for listening. All right, welcome in. It is another edition here of the Early Line on the Grid, SportsGrid.com. Joe Ranieri alongside Dane Martinez as uh, we push on through here the week. Uh, now Wednesday, can't believe it. Uh, middle of the week, okay. and I know, right? It's the it's the middle of the month right now, April 2020, as this is the 15th, and we are just Dane and I are kind of scratching our heads, going. Wow, it just feels like it should be August right now. I, I just don't know. I feel like we've talked so much football that it should be August. Like we feel like training camps around the corner, but not training camp. What we do have coming, of course, is the draft, and we're pretty excited about that. So like we told you yesterday, of course, uh, we will continue to uh, push along and get you guys uh, as much information uh, to be able to bet on the draft. A lot of prop bets, a lot of action available there with our friends over at uh, FanDuel, of course. Prop bets galore, so uh, we've already identified a couple that we thought were uh, value-related uh, in this draft, and we'll, uh, we'll continue to push on, certainly uh, with the bottom half of that draft from really 15 on, uh, trying to take a look at some of these teams and what they may or may not do. We, we know how it could blow up in the top half. The bottom half is very, very interesting, especially because they're better teams, um, there's a lot of players up there. There are a couple of teams, I think, who are primed to, to move down and collect some more draft picks. Uh, so it'll be interesting. First running backs off the board. I can tell you a team that doesn't need a running back um, and won't be for a very, very long time is the Carolina Panthers, who uh, have decided that they are going to spend some money here, guys, and they are going to spend some money on Christian McCaffrey, who now uh, is the most, uh, I think, the biggest and highest paid running back in the league. $16 million, four yep. years, just uh, a lot of money. And listen, there's Christian McCaffrey. Love the guy, right? Love the guy. Stanford guy. He has been remarkable from his college career. Loved his old man when he played. Um, you know what I mean? There's really not a yeah. whole lot not to like about him, Dane. And the only problem I have, the same problem I have with any team that pays yeah. a quarterback this kind of money. When you pay a quarterback this kind, uh, I mean a running back this kind of money, you are basically setting yourself up for failure in within the next couple of years because right. we all know that if you don't have the money to spend in other places, uh, because you have it tied up with a running back. And this is nothing against running back or Christian McCaffrey. I'm happy he got paid. But he is not in any stretch of the imagination worth $16 million to a football team. And I know people love him, but he's a wide receiver. He's this and that. Listen, the numbers bear out, guys. The, the Panthers are not winning and losing games because Christian McCaffrey is on the field. And that's just the reality of it. He's had... 15 games, Dane, 15, in which he was a pass catcher where he had 10 or more opportunities, right? right? 10 or more passes. Yep. Um, they lost 14 out of 15 of those games, yeah. and they lost by a big margin. So basically, when he is catching the ball, he's catching in garbage time, and he's not making a difference in the game. And I'm not saying he's not great. He is. But you just handcuffed yourself. For $16 million a year to a guy that does not win games for you. He is not the difference between winning and losing a game. Cam Newton was, Christian McCaffrey's not. So I don't know why, if you're going to hit the reset button with Carolina Day, just hit the damn reset button. I'm not quite sure what they're doing here. And it's kind of like they want to do it, but they don't want to do it. It doesn't work the way they're going. Like, you can't. Right. discount money and then spend money. like it, it doesn't work that way yeah absolutely um i see it similarly to you joe okay the first thing i will say is that christian mccaffrey is an incredible football player okay I, and, and and that has no bearing on everything else i'm about to say <laughs> you know right. what i mean like he's absolutely a stud running back but here's the thing about three years ago the falcons thought Devonte freeman was a stud running back for years to come 
that contract does not look good right now, right? Um, the idea of Zeke Elliott, the idea of Todd Gurley does not look good right now. And that's what we talk about at the running back position and how, in general, Joe, we see so many teams now doing it by committee that they need multiple guys to do this because if you tie up so much money, I don't care if it's Zeke Elliott, Saquon yeah. Barkley, Dalvin Cook, Christian McCaffrey, Alvin Kamara, it does not matter. You are one concussion. You are one ACL away from losing, you know, all of your mm -hmm. production. And I believe it. He was a, uh, he was a fantasy football MVP, Joe. Yep. You know, like a, a huge dynamic player. What I don't know is if it is smart to allocate so much of the pie to one player and a player who we are not sure just yet if he can stand up to the rigors of the full season. I mean, he has. He's been healthy in his first, like, two years so far. Right. But, you know, I, I still have open questions about that. And here's the other thing, Joe. Carolina is spending money, huh? With McCaffrey, they bring in Bridgewater, the amount they paid to buy out Matt Rule. It looks like uh, that new owner, we've talked about it before, Dave Tepper, he's got that new money. He's ready to spend it, Joe. I, and again, I, I think there's two things at play here. From the human standpoint, I could not be happier for Christian McCaffrey. Sure. Good guy, get your money, dude. Sure. I, and if I'm him... And some people are being like, why would you want to stick with a team that ain't going to win no games? Well, you know, again, they won five games last year with Christian McCaffrey having 1,000 yards on both sides, catching and receiving, right? So, well, they had Kyle Allen as their quarterback. Before. Right, but, I mean, even still, he, he still, you won five games with a guy that you are about to pay $16 million a year to who obviously is not that big a game changer. I am happy for him that he, without a doubt, got paid good for you. If I'm him, I'm paying the next four years, getting that money, getting the hell out of Dodge. Stanford I graduate. I don't see him in for the long haul here. Oh, Andrew Luck, the Doug yeah, I do not exactly. I don't see it coming. But, again, you're also talking about a guy that they, now that they've paid, you know they're going to get their money's worth. And, you know, we already know Having him touch the ball as many times as he does doesn't necessarily translate into wins in that team. Defense is a complete rebuild. New quarterback, new everything. This yeah. is going to be the next couple of years. You're paying a guy $16 million to win five games again. I mean, their total, guys, is six and a half. Right. Somewhere around that ballpark for a reason. Like, this is not going to be a good team. And new coach, new everything. Instead of doing like what the Dolphins did and said, getting rid of everybody. Right, we're getting rid of everybody, and then we'll we'll you know we'll tank for uh, you know the kid from Clemson here. We'll do that coming up or something along those lines. They go out, spend sixty million dollars in Teddy Bridgewater. They spend another you know sixty million dollars on a running back, and yet you got no answer for Luke Keekley. You're like you know, yeah. like I don't get what they're doing, and it doesn't work that way. But again, this Tepper guy to me uh, seems like a guy that you're not going to be able to tell. You know he. He'll do it his way because he seems to be – and I just get that feeling when I hear him talk. He's one of those guys that doesn't talk with you. He talks at you. You know, like he just knows better than everybody else. All right. You Smartest think, dude in the thing. Let me know how that works out for you. You think this has a Dan Snyder profile kind of to it? You worse. Know? I think it's worse. Worse? I think it's a newer school Dan Schneider. I think yeah, it's a right. guy that, yeah, right. that's a thing, right? Yeah, he's used to getting what he wants. He went out. Who was the big? Who was the big coaching? Right, uh, the, the yeah, big name. Go get him, right, right. I went mean, out and got him. Spent the money. Oh, Teddy Bridgewater. Where's he? Oh, he's gonna come. Yep. Uh, oh, they spent okay. the money. Matt Rule on the buyout. Same with Joe Brady as yes. an offensive coordinator. They go out and get Teddy Bridgewater, which is a splash. They yep. go sign Robbie Anderson, who was one of the most uh, expensive. Yep. Uh, wide receivers on the market. I, I agree with you. They're getting the shiny new toys, right? But if we take a step back, Joe, this is exactly what we have talked about mm -hmm. with the Los Angeles Rams and the way that they were on a spending spree for a little while. And then the walls started closing in. Same thing we're starting to talk about with the Dallas Cowboys, right? Paying Dak, paying Amari, paying Zeke. And then the walls start closing in. At least, though, Joe, with mm -hmm. the Rams and in the Cowboys situation, they had playoff berths out of it. That's correct. Right? Yep. Or in the Rams' case, they went to a Super Bowl out of it. So all I will say is, you know, kind of by definition, Joe, if you spend that much of the pie on a couple of positions, the walls will close in eventually. Yes. The catch is, do you strike gold 
in that limited window. And for the Carolina Panthers, that window is now, you know, limited and they are profiling to be the worst team in that division. So it could be the tail wagging the dog. We will see. But, you know, Christian McCaffrey is now the highest paid running back in the NFL. I wonder what Zeke thinks. And more importantly, I wonder what Saquon is looking at, right? Yeah. He sees this deal and he's like, oh, thanks for resetting the market, CMC. Now it's my turn. It, it's not even Saquon. It's Dalvin Cook to me who's oh. got to be going, oh, really? Is that, uh, I mean, well, he's already chirping, talking about being the best running back in the league. He's already put the Minnesota Vikings on notice here. But the difference between Dalvin Cook and Christian McCaffrey, and I do think in many aspects, Dalvin Cook is a bigger game changer than uh, than what Christian McCaffrey is. I, I He's already telling you I'm the best running back, but his injury history right. to me is going to be a problem. But it's not going to stop him from wanting to get paid. And I don't blame any of these upper tier running backs from saying, look at Zeke, look at Christian McCaffrey, right. give me my money. I'm better than all of them. And listen, in many aspects, I think he is. When he's not on that team running, that is a different team than when he is on that team running. So to me, he is the difference between a W and an L. Christian McCaffrey, 400 plus touches last year, guys. That's If you're giving him 400 plus touches again this year, you're winning five games. Is that what we're rooting for here? I mean, because I, I don't understand. I don't, I don't get the concept that you go from 400 touches now, let's give him $16 million to, all right, let's give him 250 touches. And like, I don't understand the concept here. And I do think it sends a huge signal to the, uh, to the you know, the Barclays of the world now, yeah. the Alvin Cook, Joe Mixon, who's got one year sure. left. He's another Alvin guy. It's coming, people. It's coming. It absolutely is. And, and I think, you know, if you look at it big picture, one of the things you just said right now, now they know in, in Carolina, they've got him for, what is it, four more years. Yeah. Might they then, Joe, not give him 400 touches? Because now they wanted to spread it out over the length of that contract. And now they know they can't chew him up and spit him out so that he, you know, can still be serviceable on the back end or three years well, from now. 400 touches just tells me that you were being blown out in games and he was the guy that was getting large chunks, yeah. then you were going to him and that was the end of it because that's it. I mean, you won five games. This dude has caught 10 or more passes, right, oh, in, in 15 games and you lost 14 of them by large margins. So you're getting junk yards. These aren't right. meaningful yards. It's not. It's not the difference between winning and losing and you just tied up $16 million a year in him. No, I hear you. Like, the idea of garbage time, right? And that's where maybe he is productive. I don't know, right. though, that if these games are, you know, not 31-17 in the fourth quarter and they're 17-14 in the fourth quarter, I still do believe, though, Joe, that Christian McCaffrey can be effective, but he is padding his stats, especially those receiving out of the backfield stats, mm. you know, when, when quarterbacks are checking down, down yep. by two touchdowns in the yep. second half. Yep, absolutely. And, uh, listen, it's... When you look at the top four running backs paid in the league now, and this is, you know, it's very interesting when you look at this because Zeke Elliott, we all know what he did. He got his money. We all know what Lev Bell did. Well, he ended up getting his money. That's we right. all know Todd Gurley. We're all scratching our head with that one. And now you got Christian McCaffrey here. These are the top four. I'm not saying best, but these are the four highest paid running backs in the league right now. So my question to you is that of those four, who are you starting a team with tomorrow if you had to? Like, what running back are you picking of that crew? I mean, that's a good question. Are, are they mean, even in? Yes. Would the, well, you know, let's just go first yeah. running back you'd pick in the league. Well, and if, I, and if it is them, back. great. If it's not, that, uh, that proves the point. If I had to take one running back with all things considered, even age, even doing it all, it right. would be Stephon Barkley. Uh, for okay, me, so, it would be Saquon yep. Barkley, and right. he just hasn't come up yet, right? He's still on his rookie deal. How far well, before you get to one of those guys? Not that far, Joe. I mean, Zeke, I mean, they would be, those, those are people in my top five. Yes, I, I do believe McCaffrey, Zeke Elliott, I do believe they would be in the top five. You've mentioned some of the other names, the Dalvin Cooks of the world, the Joe Mixons of the world. When I think about that, mm. yes, those guys would be in there. But I, I guess for me, Joe. But they wouldn't be one, right? Back. They wouldn't right. be number one. So they number one. It wouldn't. And to be no. quite honest, if I'm putting together team a team right now, mm -hmm. I wouldn't take any of them. All right. What I would try to do is take that, you know, call it 15 million, Joe. Yep. And I would find two guys at seven million 
or three guys at $5 million a pop. Yep. And then I would have a backfield yep. that looked a little bit more like San Francisco's, let's say, right? Or a little bit more like New England's, let's say, that had multiple guys that I can go after it with instead of one quote-unquote workhorse. That's the way I'd be building it. Yeah, and, and listen, it's love the guy. He does it the right way. He's a great role model. Um, and I don't, you know, I don't begrudge him for having the money, but if I was a Carolina Panther fan, man, I'm looking at what Tepper and Rule are doing. I'm going, I don't, like, I don't get it, guys. Like, what are we doing? Are we rebuilding? Because teams, and, and the great thing about the NFL, Dane, is that you can learn from previous mistakes, right? So... Uh, it, it's yep. a copycat league for a reason because when when folks see when teams see something working they usually go that way there is no doubt what miami was doing last year there is no doubt what the raiders were doing a couple of years ago or arizona or you go down the lane there's a reason for that what you've basically done here this offseason yeah. is you got rid of the one guy that was responsible for w's and l's on your franchise for the last eight years i mean that's that's basically been the reason you either won or lost and you discarded him and now you bring in a new quarterback a new coach and a new uh running back oh not the same running back but you just tied up millions of dollars in those positions that w- I, 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 I don't get it to an alternate reality right yep. uh, an alternate reality where last year in, say, October or November, mm-hmm. when Carolina knew they weren't a playoff contender anyway, yes. let me introduce you to another universe, okay? A universe in which they traded yep. Cam Newton and or Christian McCaffrey, and all of a sudden they're sitting on, you know, four, five, six draft picks that they can use over the next couple of yep. years, and they are not indebted to McCaffrey for whatever it is. 16 million a year because here's the part that I completely agree with you Joe and I know we got to take a break you know um McCaffrey is an amazing running back okay I'll give you that but when the Carolina Panthers are next ready to contend will Christian McCaffrey still be an MVP level running back or will he have less tread on that tire that's it's not gonna be guys I mean that's just the reality of the situation here it's going to be you, you got him initially and, and this was back to the whole concept, Dane, and we'll talk about this because coming up, guys, there are five monster names in running backs that are in line to get paid. Yeah. And now that means teams and franchises, McCaffrey just set the market. That means teams are going to have to decide what the hell they're going to do. You give the guy one contract when you draft him, and then the rule of thumb for most people is you don't give him that second contract. We've watched Dallas do it. Now we've watched Carolina do it, and there are a number of big names right. where we got to figure out whether or not those teams got to figure out whether or not it's going to be. Pittsburgh wouldn't do it with Lev Bell, so guess what? Right. Lev Bell uh, is, uh, is a New York Jet right now. So interesting dynamics with the running back position, of course, along with the draft. Some stuff to talk about. We'll keep that going here on the early line next on The Grid, sportsgrid.com. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. All right, welcome back in, guys, to the early line here on the grid. It is SportsGrid.com. Joe Ranieri, Dane Martinez here as... uh, we continue to talk about some of these, uh, some of the decisions some teams have to make, and it's never good. And we've always said this as a, as a franchise, you never want to set the market with a player on anything, right? Outside of the quarterback situation there, and even then, you want to try to avoid it as best as possible because you want to go ahead and play your cards right, and then hope you eventually are good enough where a quarterback will be like, listen, I'll take a little less money here in order to be able to have a winning team and a winning franchise. Uh, but, I, you know, those days might soon be over. Um, you know, there may eventually come a time there, but I think those days of Tom Brady and the D Wades of the world who are, uh, you know, right. who spent their entire careers taking less than what they were worth in order to be able to win. Um, I don't know how many more of those. And we're going to find out, quite honestly, I think, in Kansas City with that before long as to what, uh, what Patrick Mahomes is all about. But this uh, Christian McCaffrey signing is, is a little, it's a little head-scratching from the approach of it, uh, the timing of it. And 
you got to ask yourself here, all right, what, what's the game plan for, are you, are you trying to sell to the Carolina Panther fans that you're not tanking when in essence you really should be? Um, and, and you want him to be the franchise face, I guess, but <clears throat> much rather, I would have rather have had Teddy Bridgewater, your quarterback, be the, fa- uh, the franchise face. That's not going to be happening right now. Basically, Teddy Bridgewater is coming in here and it's going to be Christian McCaffrey's team. And that never really works out when the running back is the face of the team and not the quarterback, Dane. I can't think of a time that that's ever really worked out well for right, a like franchise. What's the last Super Bowl champion right. that was driven by an all-pro running back? Emmett Smith? Yeah, I'm but even then, yeah, but even then, Emmett, Emmett wasn't the face of that. It was sure. Troy Aikman's team. Sure, absolutely. This is Christian well, McCaffrey's team. I can't think of one. You know, I cannot think of mm. an example, really. I'm sure if we spend more time on it, maybe we can. Maybe you want to talk about Marshawn. Well, Barry Sanders, for instance, was the face of the Lions yeah. for a long yeah. time. I, but remember, Joe, I said a Super Bowl. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. Driven exactly. by their running back. Yep. There's been great running yep. backs that are faces of their franchise. But never works out. How many yep. of them had the confetti falling down on them at the end of the season, okay? That's what I'm talking about. Nope. I'm talking about putting it together in this way and having it ultimately be successful, nope. okay? Hey, when you think about that, I don't know. Is Emmett Smith maybe the last one? But I digress. Terrell Davis? I'm not sure. That was Elway. But in any event, <laughs> like, here's, exactly. the thing. here's the thing. Whether it's this running back position or, quite frankly, Joe, the quarterback position, mm-hmm. what, what we're seeing now, because you talk about the first contract and then maybe franchise tagging and all that, um, you have to strike when your stud is on his rookie deal, period, right? And, and the best example I can bring about this is Russell Wilson, yes. okay? Russell Wilson with Seattle, the third-round pick. We just talked about yesterday, you know, the idea of the first-round quarterbacks or whatever. The fact that they were able to keep the Legion of Boom together was because they didn't have to use a huge piece of the pie for who was becoming their Pro Bowl quarterback correct right yep. as soon as russell wilson's second contract hit and there was a big negotiation the guaranteed money all that stuff then what started to happen oh defensive pieces started to lose right bruce Irvin gone michael bennett gone eventually sherman gone that's what i mean by the walls closing in so what you have to do sort of is hit while this stud is on their kind of rookie contract, whether that's Zeke Elliott, whether that's Russell Wilson, whether that is Deshaun Watson or Patrick Mahomes, like you just mentioned Patrick Mahomes, right? We all know this is coming, okay? We all know the Patty Mahomes deal is coming and it's going to reset the market probably on a number of levels, right? Guaranteed money, all this stuff. At that point in time, Joe, the Chiefs immediately lose the ability to have, you know, that level of talent everywhere else on the roster. Right. Then what happens when Travis Kelsey wants to reset the tight end market? The Chiefs ain't going to have enough money. What happens when the Honey Badger wants his? It ain't going to happen. That's what correct. happens when Tyreek Hill wants his? It ain't going to happen. So that's why you got to strike when you can, when it's like fiscally able yep. to manage all this talent under one cap. Yep, and... There are, you know, that the, the Piper's coming, man, for some of these teams, Dave. It is coming. Like, you are. And Christian McCaffrey, I know there's a ton of fans of yours right now in the league. And uh, obviously, we talked about Saquon Barkley. That's one of them, right? So, he is definitely knows that. Oh, really? All right, 16's a nice number. That's, uh, that's sure. good. And we all know that, um, you know, he, well, he proved he was human last year, right? Missed a couple of games, finally, Saquon, even with those thighs. Um, Dave Gettleman, and this, to me, is another one of those situations where you run the risk of Barkley being the face of that franchise... And you better hope it's Daniel Jones. Because if Daniel Jones is the face of that franchise and Barkley is right there, the Giants are going to win a lot of games. But if it turns out where it's all Saquon all the time, it's we know what that's going to be. What do you do with Alvin Kamara? If you're the Saints, what in the hell are you going? Kamara's going to get paid. Like one, whether it's with the Saints or not, He's going to get paid. Now, we know Drew Brees took less money to come back here and go one more time at this. Michael Thomas just got paid, though. Michael Thomas got paid, and Kamara's going to get paid. Again, whether it's with them or not, I don't know. Um, But it's, 
he, the money is coming. He is going to get that uh, contract. So he's 24 years old. 24, but it feels like he's been in the league for like 90 years. He's right. 24. He's the ultimate Swiss Army knife. Um, and I think he's in many aspects better than Christian McCaffrey in what he does there. Um, but the Saints also have a history of trading away guys once they get to this point in the uh, in the program where yeah. we may uh, we may yeah. have to pay sure. him. So I uh, think Jimmy Graham, think Brandon Cooks. Sure. Um, I you know like you said, Michael Thomas got that money, but to me, Alvin Kamara. He's going to get it. I don't know that it's going to be from the Saints, which sucks for Saints fans. Right. But I think they got one shot left here. I think this year the Saints, it's either Super Bowl or bust to me. Yeah, and, and, and I'm on the same page, Joe. And here's what I'll say. I'll go even further into the future, right? What they do with Kamara, I believe, will dictate yep. what the Saints want to be in a post-Drew Brees era. You know what I mean? Because... They will have to, I agree with you, they got to give it one more ride when you got a Hall of Fame quarterback coming on back, right? But then what happens? We all know, I mean, Drew Brees has already, whatever, signed with NBC, right? So we know this is the last hurrah. And, and to me, Joe, it's similar to like the Amari Cooper or Zeke Elliott thing, yes. right? We talked about this with, with McCarthy coming on as the coach. Well, do you want to pay the wide receiver or the running back which one are you going to utilize more, right? Which one are you going to leverage more? And I think we can say the same thing about the Saints coming up, right? Mm -hmm. Now, without, again, this season, however it happens, go ahead. Shove your chips to the middle of the table. I understand yep. you have one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time. Giving it a victory lap. Give it a shot. Go ahead. After that, though, Joe, it doesn't make sense to have Thomas and Kamara kind of at the top of the damn ledger, right? Because either... You're going to be a passing team, and you need that wide receiver one. And if that's the case, then it doesn't make sense to pay Kamara as a top four back or vice versa, right? You're going to be more of a running kind of team and need Kamara, but then in that case, you don't need to pay what you did to Michael Thomas right. regardless of how great he is. I think this is a fork in the road of how the Saints offense will look after Drew Brees moves on. I agree because the, uh, the if – Drew Brees retires this year, and we all think he is because he's got a multi-trillion dollar deal with NBC waiting for him. Um, the question becomes, all right, if you got to go and get your next quarterback in a draft or something along those lines, well, then you're not going to have to pay him even close to what you would have to have paid right. Drew Brees or another established QB. So if that's the case, if you're going to bring in a young quarterback, and I do believe um, you know, the, the organization, and, and there's a lot of, lot of things not to like about the Saints organization, um, but I do believe that Sean Payton and company have been looking at this, and they realize. And I think that there was a reason why he wanted Drew Brees back one more year, because right. I think they know that window is closing. Because if they have to go out and get a young quarterback, man, wouldn't it be great to have Alvin Kamara and Michael Thomas there to be able to support them? Um, but it's going to happen with him. The question is where. I think it's also going to happen, and I know it's going to happen, with Dalvin Cook. The question is, will it be with the Saints? Now, they've both already come out and expressed interest in that the offense of the Minnesota Vikings runs through Dalvin Cook. So they have a vested interest to keep him happy, and we already know he means a lot to wins and losses, Absolutely. right? So we know this already. Forget about Kirk Cousins. Kirk Cousins um, is a nice piece provided he has Dalvin Cook. We've seen this combination a lot. Like quarterbacks are good when they have a Dalvin Cook behind them, not so good when they don't. Uh, but he's already expressed in just the last 60 days, he's expressed that he's the best and top running back in the NFL, and he should be paid accordingly. So the only thing this does is just fuel that fire. And But again, 19 missed games in three years is what's going to hold him back. And if they can convince him that, because the last thing I want to see is Dalvin Cook go, oh, you don't want to pay me? I'm going to Ezekiel Elliott's. I'm not reporting right. to camp. Like, don't, like, and that's the fear I have with a lot of these is like, don't do this. Like, seriously, I, it, don't do it. And I get it, but you've already proven you can't stay on the field. I think he's got to take that into consideration here. So, and, and there, there's examples of this happening all over the league, mm -hmm. Joe, right? In essence, you have to decide... You have to decide if you're like, you know, team digs or team right. cook, 
That's right. And here's what has already happened, Joe. The Houston Texans have decided that they are team Tunzel and Deshaun and not team Hopkins, right? They, they, in making that trade, you know, the idea of, oh, he was going to ask for 17 million. And we knew we couldn't swing that if we wanted to maintain Laramie Tunzel as one of the best tackles, or at least one of the highest tackles. And they knew that Deshaun Watson was coming up and they can't spend some of their money and then know that they didn't have enough to reel in Deshaun. Yep. Okay, so this is, like, in essence, DeAndre Hopkins is the sacrifice yep. in their eyes yep. to have a chance to keep Deshaun Watson as their quarterback for the next contract. You know, and yep. you kind of have to make those choices. The Vikings may have traded Diggs away because they knew they weren't going to be able to manage him and the contracts that were coming up, say, a Dalvin Cook after they had already paid Kirk Cousins, you know? And I think they made that decision. It's a good point. Yeah, exactly. very good point. Yep. Some teams are doing that yep. right now, right? Yep. And that's why it's so interesting to see uh, people thought, like, for the Cowboys, who were they going to pay? Because right. they didn't think they'd be able to pay them all, right? If they're going ahead and trying to pay them all, then guess what? That offensive line that was dominant for years ain't going to be dominant anymore. That defense that you like, new young kids like Vander Esch, Jalen Smith, Hey, Byron Jones, they had to let him walk. Yep. Right? So there's always ripple effects, and everyone likes to see the high-prized or the shiny toys or the yep. fantasy football players. But, you know, you're robbing Peter to pay Paul. I think one of the most uh, unique situations, and there's a couple more coming up here, guys, but I think one of the oh, uh, one of the biggest perception versus reality, and this comes a lot here, like Christian McCaffrey is the epitome of Perception versus reality. The perception of him is that he is this machine catching the ball, running the ball. He is this all-world, racks up these yards. He is, you have to have him in order to win. The reality is, again, you know, 10-plus catches, uh, you know, 15 times, you lost 14 out of those 15. He's a garbage-time collector of yards. Nothing wrong with that. But you still lost 14 of 15 games when he was the most productive. Right. He's not a game. That's the perception of reality. The perception of reality of Derrick Henry, to me, I think is also right in line with that because the perception of Derrick Henry, who got franchised, uh, yep. and he, he's going to make some money this year in one year, and there's nothing wrong with that, right? They wanted to lock him up long-term. They couldn't come to an agreement. So you know what? Franchise tag. I like it. You can franchise tag him again next year, um, and I wouldn't have a problem. But the perception of Derrick Henry is that he is this – monster of a running back that Tennessee is in no way, shape, or form going to be able to to be without. And he had stretches that were great. Nobody was better than he was in the playoffs. I get it. The problem is the only reason Derrick Henry was that productive is because Ryan Tannehill was taking the lid off of secondaries and burning everybody deep. So instead of... Safety's down in the box when A.J. Brown... Couldn't do it. They couldn't do it. And that was because your quarterback was there. It wasn't the Derrick Henry show. It was the Ryan Tannehill forcing defenses to go, well, good crap, I'd rather give up five yards of carry than have to, you know, deal with 60-yard bombs here that he's completing. So, again, what is that worth? Because to me, he's a very one-dimensional type of runner that only works when your quarterback can complete passes over 20 yards. Perfect storm last year. Tannehill gets the money. He's now franchise tag. What kind of year does he have this year? Is it dependent upon Tannehill again? Or is he somehow going to be this bell cow that everyone makes him out to be? So I got two things, then, on this. One... He will get. He will lead the league in touches this year because they gonna burn him out. They gonna <laughs> chew him up, get him out, get every single drop right. out of the orange that's there. Okay. Here's another bold prediction for you, Joe. The Tennessee Titans in the middle rounds. Yes. Draft a running back. Love it. This year. Okay. Think about what the Cowboys did. Right. They drafted running backs. Uh, previously with the Zeke Elliott. Yep. The Rams drafted that kid, Daryl Henderson, right? Yep. Which you also have to do if you know you have the four years and maybe a franchise, is in year three, you got to draft their replacement. That's correct. So this, you are not stuck, right? If And you can play hardball with these guys because then you have option B. And you know who did that really, really well, Joe? The Pittsburgh Steelers. When Le'Veon Bell was chirping, chirping, I need money, the Steelers, part of the reason they 
could hold Pat on yep. their contract demand is because they had James Conner waiting in the wings. Yep. So some of these teams will be doing that, and I bet Tennessee will be among them. A great call. Yeah, it's a great call there. I, yeah, watch the draft with Tennessee this year. Watch that quarterback. Uh, watch that running back in the third or fourth round. Okay. We got a couple of more, too, that we'll run through when we come back. Of course, draft day. Uh, almost uh, here, guys, just a week away. So we'll uh, we'll start diving into more of those prop bets here today. But a couple of more interesting running backs over the next couple of years. Do you pay them or do you let them go? We'll do that next year on The Grid. It is sportsgrid.com. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. All right, welcome back in here. It is the early line on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Joe Ranieri alongside Dane Martinez here as we continue to blow the lid off of running backs in the NFL. And, of course, uh, you know, last couple of days, we learned that Christian McCaffrey, now the single highest uh, paid running back uh, per contract, $16 million a year, uh, although it's not as much money as, uh, of course, uh, what Zeke got. Uh, but when you break it down, Zeke's about 15 and change a year, and Christian McCaffrey is at $16 million a year, a very bold move by the Carolina Panthers who have decided that um, they're only going to, they're only going to rub their finger around the reset button. They're not actually going to push it down and, uh, and go all the way like the Dolphins have done, the Raiders, the uh, Cardinals in the past. No, 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 no. They are going to spend uh, a lot of money in a few positions and uh, keep their fingers crossed on others. So, New, I, best of luck, and I love Christian McCaffrey, and I congratulations. I'm glad he got paid, but it's just not worth the money, especially him. We talked about perception reality with running backs in the league, and, you know, we talked about some of the best that are coming up for contract guys. Like, we know Lev Bell, and Dane was just talking about it, and it's so true that Lev Bell was – you know, a couple of years ago, everyone's like, what is he doing? He's losing money. Like, he was actually offered more money than what he signed for by Pittsburgh when he got to the Jets. But a lot of teams called this bluff. But he had to test that water because, and he had said, Dane, like you, you had mentioned, running backs, I'm doing this for running backs, future running backs, everybody else. And I think everybody else thanked him for it. Yeah, it actually right. would hold out because the team yep. would always just figure, hey, the player is going to cave, yep. you know, in negotiations. And Le'Veon Bell was that proof point that like, no, 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 I'll actually eat my game checks. I'll That's actually correct. hold out. And, and, and you need that threat, you know, to have negotiations happen. You need so the like, one. You need the exactly. one person to show it can be done. So, for example, then the following year when Melvin Gordon's yes. like, no, nah, I'm going to hold out. The Chargers, you know, without the Le'Veon Bell example, the Chargers would be like, meh, all right there, bro, whatever right. you say. That's good. They knew in the back of their mind that it was possible that he actually does, you know, go the route on this. Yep. And that then has to factor into the decisions of every team moving forward. Ezekiel Elliott went to a beach in Mexico, and at some point you heard Jerry Jones, right, being like, ah, we'll figure it out. But in Jerry Jones's mind was that little chance yep. that, oh, snap, maybe Zeke actually will just hold out and go the Lev Bell route. So setting that precedent was important for every running back who came behind Le'Veon. It's so interesting, too, because, listen, we've seen it all throughout the history of the NFL with the running backs, right? But, again, the perception and the reality of running backs is two different things, and the market isn't necessarily a good indicator of the value of a player. And, you know, Christian McCaffrey, perception, reality, he is not – the all-world, you know, yard machine. Everyone makes him out the scene. He is in junk time, but those yards don't equate to victories. Um, you know, the guy to me that comes to mind that did it and was really at that particular time, it was huge, uh, you know, huge sack on him because that team had just come out of a Super Bowl. This, this team was rolling, but he realized his value when it came to W's in the team. And Jerry got pushed into a corner uh, before, way before Zeke Elliott, and that was Emmett Smith. Emmett. 
when, and he was like, I just won an El Super Bowl for you. And everyone, it was Aikman. Aikman was the face, Michael Irving, you know, Jimmy. Um, They had a lot of things going on there. But Emmett was kind of like the, he was the workhorse. Everybody in the locker room knew it, but he had to actually sit out. That's right. And when Charles Haley walks into the office and goes, um, hey, Jerry, um, get Emmett Smith on the damn phone over here, then people usually listened. And that and it all worked out. But again, his production equaled wins. Now the quarter, the guys that we're talking about are still kind of young, and it, they haven't really equated. We know Gurley's didn't. Uh, we know Lev Bell's hasn't yet for the Jets, right? Zeke Elliott can't make the playoffs yet. So we talked about Barkley, and we talked about Derrick Henry now. And, um, you know, we're, there's a couple of other guys left on this list, Dane, I think, which are going to be fascinating. Uh, and the first one that comes to mind is Nick Chubb. And Nick Chubb, to me, is a guy that has proven to that franchise, and again, a couple of different coaches, but the reality is Nick Chubb has proven that if you just give Nick Chubb the ball and let Nick Chubb rattle off, you know, five, six yards, you know, four and a half, five yards, that is a different team when Nick Chubb is involved with the running attack as opposed to when they're not. Baker Mayfield, to me, is not a guy that is going to carry a team. I don't care who you put out on the on the wideouts. He's not going to be that guy. He is going to need, much like Kurt Cousins, who's a different quarterback, when Dalvin Cook is running the ball, right? I think it works both ways. Derrick Henry is a different running back when Ryan Tannehill is completing 40-yard passes. So, I, you know, some guys just need that great combination. And I think Nick Chubb is definitely going to be that bell cow for either, uh, you know, either Baker Mayfield moving forward with Stefanski there now as the coach, or he's going to be, I think he's that good down for another team where he can take a Kurt Cousins-style quarterback and turn him into an all-world guy because that combination, it works. If I'm Baker Mayfield, I am doing everything and anything in my power to make sure that Nick Chubb is as big a part of the offense this year as anything. Hopefully, he's swallowed his ego here and realizes he needs help, uh, and he needs help certainly by handing the ball off to Nick Chubb because that will make Baker Mayfield that much better. Yeah, and just look at the Browns in this offseason already, though. Right, Joe. yes. They spent money on Jack Conklin, yep. right, offensive lineman. They spent money on Austin Hooper, okay, uh, you know, prize tight end there to pair with Njoku. They have Odell, they have Landry out there, similar to what I was just talking about with the Saints. They have to figure out what is their identity. Yeah, that's correct. And then follow the money, right? Yep. <laughs> that's what it is, and then use the money for that. Here's my... And I, I, I must admit, Joe, this is my cynical New Yorker coming in, okay? Go ahead. The other thing they could do, and this comes into your boy Kareem Hunt, Joe. The other, you, you, you talk about they could, you know, ride the Nick Chubb train, right? And that is one thing they could do. But if you ride the Nick Chubb train, then, Joe, then Nick Chubb's statistics look real, real good. Then Nick Chubb gets to command more money on the open market. Another way is to really more heavily utilize Kareem Hunt. Right. Thus suppressing what it looks like is the statistics, the value of Nick Chubb to be in a better negotiating position down the road. Like, that could be another way to do it. You know, when I I think about this, Joe, uh, for example, like Dylan Batantis on the New York Yankees, Mm -hmm. right? He came up for arbitration, but the Yankees didn't use him in high leverage situations, so he didn't have save numbers, right? right? So then when we hit kind of like the arbitration idea, it doesn't look like he's as valuable as he actually is. So one way is to, you know, juice the orange, get everything you possibly can out of it. The other maybe more long game play would be to not leverage him so he doesn't look like this true elite running back like Saquon, like Dalvin Cook, so maybe you can get him at a more reasonable second contract. Um, but that would mean, in essence, you know, not giving guy the touches that he needs. Listen, he's been buried in a crap dysfunctional team right. here since he's been in there. But that doesn't take any, to me, as far as ceiling goes, I think Nick Chubb, of all the guys we talked to, the ceiling for him is could be great. And the thing I think is going to help him the most, all right? I, listen, 
the other guy is a complete loose cannon, can't rely upon him. So if he's there, Kareem Hunt, great. Chances are he's going to do something stupid like he's already done a dozen times, and you're not going to be able to rely upon him or even use him against Nick Chubb. Nick Chubb has been there. He has been reliable. And now he gets a head coach, guys, that understands – what a reliable running back is. Think Adrian Peterson in Minnesota, guys, because that's right. what Stefanski knows. However, right. you also have a general manager there who also understands what it is to use a guy right up to the point where you have to pay the guy AP, all right, and right. then move on for him. And that's exactly what this combo did in, um, you know, the, the very Howie Roseman is another guy. Like, I'm going to use you right up until the time I got to pay you, and then... We're, we're going to go ahead and replace Gordon you. Really was that same kind of example, Same right? thing. Yes, exactly yeah. correct. And, yep. And here's the thing. For Cleveland, right, you know, where, where are they going to make the choice? Because the choice is not always in these premier positions. No. We just talked about the Texans, right? And I think D-Hop is a casualty to pay Laramie Tunsil, mm -hmm. to be quite honest, right? And so where's the sacrifice then, Joe, for the Browns? Is it because are they going to sign Baker? Is Baker their franchise? What about Odell making a ton of money? We've heard some buzz that maybe Odell is not long for Cleveland. They're going to have to pay, Joe, they're going to have to pay Miles Garrett mm -hmm. as well. This is a number one overall pick that's mm -hmm. been productive despite the suspensions, right? So it still comes down to it. You have to make tough decisions. If you're going to ride with Chubb, and I, I don't disagree with you. This guy is a workhorse. He is, he, he, he does it the right way. He belongs in that category. I agree with that. But it's the same kind of, you know, it's the same decision you have to make. If you're going to do that, then you're going to have to sacrifice something, whether it's Odell, whether it's a guy like Miles Garrett, whether it's letting, you know, squeezing the juice out of Baker and letting yep. him walk. If you're going to pay him, you're going to have to sacrifice somewhere else. It's, um, it's interesting. He's a year older, actually, than Christian McCaffrey. Um, but again, he's still just 24. He's getting ready yeah. to get into that prime. And yes, uh, he can be an extremely valuable piece to the growth of that team. And which, listen, it's not like they're short on talent here. So Cleveland is going to, uh, I think, finally have the opportunity to put it all together here. And yeah, I think they've got a two or three year window here, especially with him that uh, hopefully it will work out. I don't know what this guy is going to do. Um, I don't know what this franchise is going to do because it's just altogether strange. Talk about a guy buried in no man's land who could absolutely be a difference maker on a contender is Joe Mixon, who, uh, you know, keep in mind, this is a Bengals organization that has now just signed an extension to a 31-year-old wide receiver named A.J. Green. Mixon's only 23, guys. We, another guy that we think is like, oh, God, was he 28 now, 29? Like, no, Mixon's only 23. He's had some, obviously, some health issues in the past, but this is a guy that has been absolutely fantastic on an absolutely terrible team with no passing game and yet every yard that you watch Joe Mixon get is a yard that Joe Mixon earns uh, and if it wasn't for him they'd have almost next to no offense so to me um, I think Mixon he's got one more year left and then they've got to make a decision here you got a rookie quarterback and Joe Burrow coming your way you I believe you brought 31-year-old A.J. Green back because you want to at least give him a, you know, a cushion to have somebody to throw the ball to. Yeah. Um, Joe Mixon, to me, would be a – if you're going to have a, a rookie quarterback like this, a young quarterback, you better be able to have a running back that you can rely upon uh, and a young guy in Joe Mixon. But you've got to make up your mind here. Joe Mixon is every good – every bit as good, both catching and running, than any of the guys we just talked about. Yeah, so I think since he's in an interesting spot, okay, the A.J. Green part of it, I hear you, Joe, but I, that doesn't factor too much into my decision because what we're really talking about is like mm. two years from now, right? And two years from now, I don't think that A.J. Green is going to move the needle anymore right. or at least demand that kind of contract. If I'm the Cincinnati right now, I agree with you. Joe Mixon, talent-wise, is a stud, Oof. okay? And I, I, for me... You know, the decision, the calculus that I would be making is in about a year or mm -hmm. in a year and a half, is Joe Burrow the real deal? Right. Because if he is, then I go the route of franchising Joe Mixon, keeping Joe Mixon. If I don't think Joe Burrow 
is like this ascending quarterback. If he turns mm-hmm. out to be more, um, you know, if he turns out to be more Josh Rosen than Josh Allen, let's say, then I'll hit the reset button. And part of that reset button means not having Joe Mixon on my books. <clears throat> then it's like the actual rebuild, right? Yeah. And if I'm going to actually do the rebuild the same way you just said, then Christian McCaffrey probably isn't worth it. Then in that scenario, Joe Mixon wouldn't be worth it. Yeah. But if I think I have something in Joe Burrow, right? And Joe Burrow looks like Deshaun Watson after year one or two, then I'm like, okay, then I got to keep this intact. You know what I mean? Yep. It's not only the running back contract. It has to sync up with where your team is on the cycle, where your quarterback is in your development. Yep. And if you're ready to kind of, you know, shove all in. Carolina yep. did with McCaffrey. I just don't know if it was the right timing. I, uh, yeah, they did. And like I said, it's um, good for him. But I, I, I do think the whole direction of that franchise is a bit uh, head scratching. But I will say this as well, though. There's a couple of other running backs here that we've got to keep an eye on. And I do think that this, the next year or two, is going yeah. to be very interesting in determining, obviously, um, the direction of their careers. Now, we're talking about guys like Mixon, 23, Chubb, 24. Um, you know, we got a lot of young guys here. Chris McCaffrey's just 23. I mean, right. these are guys that are that, this, the future of the running back spot here. But then you've got guys like, and I think it's going to be very interesting to see what they do in this draft. Um, I don't think you could have a better rookie year than what Josh Jacobs did, where everyone laughed at, uh, what are you doing taking this guy right. in the first round? Well, what Gruden and Mayock did is now they've shown you that they've got a 1,500-yard uh, or a 1,100-yard rusher, right? Uh, seven TDs. They got, they've got a guy that can be a workhorse in the backfield that they have under contract for at least five years in a rookie deal right. now because he's a first-rounder. And, oh, yeah, if he's still good at the end of five years, they franchise tag his ass, right? They pay him really good money for one year. They don't have to commit long-term. And sometime between this year and that point – they're going to draft another running back at some place yeah. along the lines and just wait. So they're going about it the right way, I think. And unfortunately, it sucks for the running back position, Dane, but I think it's the reality of the situation. That's how you have to approach the running back position. Yeah, you pay him once, right? You draft him in the first round, give him one contract, and then you franchise tag them. one or two. You're going to have them for six years, and sure. then they'll be 27, 28 and if you're giving them another contract after that, you're you're an idiot. Yeah, that's silly, right? Yep. And the, the churn continues. Yep. Whether it's in like year three or year four, and you spend like a third round pick, a fourth round pick. We talked about all the first round quarterbacks. Actually, hold on, I'm going to cut you off there, but we'll we'll okay. come back into things. Hour number two, we're going to talk more about how we would approach the running back position, especially in this year's draft too. We'll do that next here on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com.